With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back. To the Flowtrack Podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is our email address. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. You can watch us live on YouTube Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Most weeks, you can also comment in the chat, watch it afterwards on Flowtrack, or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Gordon, happy Friday. How are you? Doing good. The real question is, how are you now that the 20... 2020-2021 NBA season has come to an end for your San Antonio Spurs. I'm relieved. I couldn't take it anymore. It was becoming a stressful part of my life. I'm sure the playoffs will continue to be stressful because I'll be rooting for or against different teams, but it's never the same as your team. And it was the perfect way for the Spurs to go out, going down by 21, then drawing even, and I wouldn't even call it a moral victory, but because they, they lost uh, to a team that they probably could have beat. You were texting me throughout, which was always appreciative. Whenever you're watching a game, you always want someone who's not a fan of your team to be texting you throughout all the flaws, all the issues that they have. Um, I don't know. What did they shoot? 30% or something? You don't deserve to win if you shoot 30%. And um, I don't know. Afterwards, like I read the quotes from Pop. This is how I know I'm being soft as a, as a sports fan. I'm reading the quotes from Pop, and he's just like, I was proud of the team. And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm proud of them too. I'm just happy. <laughs> We're just – we didn't win. We made it through the season. It was a messed up season for a lot of teams, a lot of individuals. But they all like each other at the end, and that was enough for me. And now I can focus on my new favorite team. As you know, I've been a lifelong Bucks fan. I bleed green and – Blue. What color are the Bucks? Again, there are a lot of different colors. Purple. They a little purple. Purple. Yeah, they have little purple highlights in them. Uh, big up to the Bucks. Uh, ride or die with them. I mean, I was bummed about the Warriors too. I wanted to see the Warriors pull out that game. I think everybody wanted to see the Warriors pull out that game. Yeah. Well, I was cheering for the Spurs. Thank you. I was upset that they didn't win. Uh, but now, uh, 
I get to go through my two months, hopefully two months of torture for my Sixers <laughs> as it starts on Sunday against Westbrook. Anyway. So, it is different, though, when you're in the play-in because at least it's not prolonged torture of four to seven games. It's like, we're out. All right. We're out. Move on. Whereas if your team doesn't really have a chance after that first game, you know, and then it's just painful to watch three more games of all their flaws being exposed. Yeah, it's uh, – uh, yeah, it was – I had no expectations. And when you go in with no expectations, then you can't be too upset when when they lose. You said, how are you feeling midway through the game? I was like, they're going to lose. And that was when they had cut the lead down as well too. So, yeah, you get uh, you get Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal in the, the first round. Are you excited about yeah. that? Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Wizards, that's the team that injured Joel Embiid, which is why he's not oh. going to win the MVP. So a little bit of revenge. Also, Russell Westbrook does not like Joel Embiid and vice versa. So it should be good. Um, it's going to be a – trying to think of a track rivalry mm-hmm. that we got. It's going to be like the – I'm trying to th- – it's going to be no, – who doesn't like each other? It's going to be like a – I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Now that I think about it, there's not any like <laughs> hatred likes each between other? athletes and track, right? Can mm. Can you think of any two athletes that like hate each other? Hate hate like that racing that race against each other and they hate each other. Like the only you know, hate that you see is basically media versus an athlete that's been accused of doping. That's the only hate you see. You don't see can- like. Hate because you beat me or I beat you. I think people in the track and field world do a good job of keeping things to themselves or basically saying things in vague terms that nobody else responds because it's impossible for them not to dislike each other. At least somebody, somebody, you can't respect everybody. I mean, you get like the fake, the fake feuds, like the Centro, uh, Angles, Josh Thompson thing that, you know, they get bored at altitude camp and they make stuff up. Chalima and Lamong was fun. There are a lot of memes and, you know, talking about lions and cats and things like that. But even, you know, they came, Lomong came on the pod and said that there was, there was no beef there. I would think the closest parallel you'd get is probably to some college programs that don't like each other. Yeah. You know, especially some programs in the SEC. The last time we recorded this pod or two times ago on Monday, we went through all the assaults that were committed during various SEC distance races and big 12 uh, races as well too. That's probably where you would find, the hatred because familiarity breeds contempt. And then when you already have that rivalry going on from other sports, from other years, it just grows from there. Yeah. I just hope that, uh, we need more hate. (laughs) (laughs) And I I know, I know it's not a really good platform to be on, but you know what I mean? Like it's, I'm looking forward to seeing Westbrook, Westbrook be so Mm -hmm. angry with Embiid and Embiid be so angry with Westbrook. It's just gonna be fun. Uh, that's what makes a good basketball matchup. But in track, you don't have like, Carissa Schweizer and and Rachel Schneider just going at each other like yeah. before and after races. No, they're like, oh, whatever. Okay. Even though yeah. they're too different, to, you know. So, I don't know. I want to see. Maybe you have a little bit of hate between like former Bowerman athletes and current Bowerman athletes. Maybe there's a little bit of like maybe Kate Grace and Colin Quigley are going to be like, let's see who can make – let's see who can make the team versus <laughs> – like, let's see who made the better decision, leaving Jerry versus staying with Jerry. I don't know. That's something. Well, 
Travis just texts Bolt and Gatlin. Bolt and Gatlin didn't hate each other. Gatlin, when he beat Bolt, like bowed down to him and yeah, like, well, praised and him. And then he went, and then at the press conference after, Bolt basically defended Gatlin because that people were still yeah. coming at, at at Gatlin, and Bolt like stood in front of the bus that was coming for Gatlin after he got beat by him. It's easy to do that when you beat him, but yeah, the, the yeah. between the bowing down and then the 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 covering not co- I don't want to say covering for him but the um going to bat for him at the press conference defending him like cuz he could have easily played into the whole the the integrity of the sport is on the line and and what's going to happen to the sport now that Bolt lost and he got beat by Gallon he didn't do any of that if you go back and watch the press conference he took a complete 180 from that Bolt would Bolt would snip at people when they would run fast at like pre and then someone would say something someone would say something that was completely innocuous and it would get taken out of context like a reporter would ask do you, do you this isn't a specific thing but this is like a a a vague memory of, of the era someone would ask do you think Usain Bolt is beatable and a US sprinter would be like well yeah anybody is beatable on any given day and Bolt would use that as motive oh okay you think those Harold Field times mean something We'll see when it comes time for the Olympics, but it's so contrived and you're just trying to create a rivalry. Uh, the Bolt Lyles thing from 2019, but Bolt's not competing anymore. So he doesn't yeah. he's like a guy on now like on inside the NBA just commenting, which that's fun, right? It's fun when Donovan Mitchell gets an awkward interview question from Shaq, but that's not that's not fueling your game-to-game interest in in the in in the actual event. Like you need somebody actively, actively competing. I just wait. I want them to be honest, right? I don't need them to make up fake rivalries, but honest ones would be good. Honest dislike is fine. Yeah, I mean, we've had some like, like in the moment hate. Like we had like a Will Lear being pissed about like the end of a fifteen hundred. I remember at one yeah. of the USA's, we yeah. had uh, um. Blankenship just being pissed at himself for not making the team in 2015, it was. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, we just don't have that true hate. I mean, Shakari Richardson, she's some. she's been subtweeting some people. Maybe she hates some people. That's good. And maybe we can get a little bit of – we need, like, the, like, the second best 100-meter runner to be like, mm-hmm. fuck you, or I should say F you. That's, I'm not sure what the – this is TV PG thirteen. Explicit rating, man. No, I got Scott's strike. Sorry, uh, but you know, I just we need some more. We need some more uh, characters uh, barking yeah. at each other and not just racing each other. That's more fun. Yeah. I remember after uh, Doha four by one, Mike Rogers was like pumped up because they just won the gold. And he, I was like, when did you know it was over? Said something like that. And then he's like, you know, we all, we all knew it was over. Great Britain knew it was over. Like he was, he was being very, uh, he was pumped up and he had a right to be. And it was completely innocuous, but you could see the, I forgot who else was in the interview with him. It might've been Noah or Christian, or maybe it was both of them. And they, they get a little sheepish. Like when he mentions that, because it's like, oh, don't, don't, don't mention the names. But like Rogers was, was saying probably what most athletes would have said of like, yeah, we beat him. We beat him good. And 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 uh, it wasn't close, but everybody was like, "Ah, don't go, don't go too far, don't be, uh, don't be disrespectful or anything like that." But yeah, maybe it'll be maybe it'll be Richardson that ushers in the new 
a new era. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, conflicts now and beefs on the internet seem to be more prevalent, but they're also fleeting because it's just like everything happens so quickly. The tweets and the Instagram posts come and go so fast that it's like you forget about one thing a week later because there's 10 other things that pop up. Whereas I feel like in the previous era, people would marinate with it a bit more. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, remember when Shawnee Miller Weibo and Tori Bowie had their beef yes. and they fought on, on, I mean, that feels like forever ago now. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think maybe it's going to be on you and me, Kevin, during the Olympic trials <laughs> to manufacture these beefs and, you know, not report, quote, not report. I'm just, I'm hearing, not reporting. I'm just hearing that, you know, so-and-so was waiting for the so-and-so in the alley after round two of the 800, you know, that's what we can well, try to. You've talked to a lot together. of people. You've talked to a lot of people and they'll tell you things that they won't say publicly. What do you say is the biggest source of dislike from one athlete to another, one program to the other? Biggest source of dislike? I mean, there was the whole like, yeah, and I'm NOP not saying names versus everybody, right? Well, right, but that I'm was... saying what's this? What's the source? Of, I'm not saying name specific people or groups that hate each other, but it's like, what are they getting mad at, right? In basketball, football, you know, oh, it was a hard foul, it was a cheap shot, it was something maybe personal uh, that happened off the court. But like, what are they even getting mad about in track? Is it sponsorship issues? Is it uh, allegations that some people are taking shortcuts? Is it coaching drama? Like, what is it? I mean, it's it's doping allegations or just being associated with doping allegations is right. what they would cause people to be upset about. Like, it's not about, yeah, you know, the the like for a while now, the brand, the, the you know, of NOP had this allegation to them. So we even saw like Jenny Simpson and Craig Angles, like Jenny Simpson call out Craig in the, was it Doha? Uh, yeah. And then Craig was like, we had breakfast together. What's yeah. the deal? You know, and he yeah. was kind of like confused. But I think that's really the only true hate we have in like the distance side is, you know, the like being associated with Alberto Salazar. And even there might be a little bit of that now, even without mm -hmm. Salazar in the mix because they just want to, you know, yeah, still say that, oh, if you're just – were any way connected to it at any time in your entire career that's forever tainted. But I, I don't know. It's just my you know, point. Before is, you, yeah, I, I think you're hundred percent right. My point is that's almost, that's a real issue. And that's almost a too big of an issue to have a beef over because then you're getting at the core of the integrity of the sport. Whereas yeah. I think a better beef is much more trivial, right? It's more, uh, I don't fun in a way yeah this this isn't fun you have people from like different events different event groups different genders like going at each other uh about whether or not a, a coach should be suspended it almost needs to be we need to find something for people to argue about that's not as not as serious doesn't go to the core of it i mean this is important and it's good conversations and i was glad in doha that they were saying what's on their mind you can't criticize people for never saying anything or holding back. And then when they do be like, well, why did you do that? You're, you're violating the decorum of this Doha mix zone that I'm in. No, you can't say that. You can't say that. But 
I, I, I just think it's like it's like too big of a it's like too big of an issue to be lumped under something as trivial as a beef. True. Well, we still got time to create these beefs before the Olympic trials. We're like, like five weeks away. So that's five weekends of yeah. you know, something happening. Let's get let's make it happen. My my call to the, the world of track and field, please start uh start chap. Start talking. It'll be great. Yes. Anyway. Less subtweeting, more actual tweeting. Do you think Joshua Cheptegei has a beef with the three K world record? Uh I think he has a beef with um himself because I think he's realized that hey, the shorter distance I go, the less likely I am to be an all time great. Um he ran 7.33. He basically ran ex- almost close to exactly his PB. It's a little bit yeah. faster by like 0.02. Um, you, I think you could tell like after three laps, it's like this wasn't happening. Um, mm. It made sense that it was kind of uh, – on looking back on it now, you're kind of like, oh, this makes sense that he wasn't going to run 7.20. Um, yeah. But because <laughs> the last time we saw him, he was breaking 5K and 10K world records. We're like, hey, why not? Um yeah, I think it's still a good result. It's 733 mm-hmm. shows he's fit, shows he's in shape. He did the whole thing by himself, basically. Um, what were your thoughts though on Chalimo? I, I kind of like what do you what do you take away from a 741? Uh, not much because he went out with McSwain and Cheptegei. And if you want to think about what's the least efficient way to run a 3K, it's probably going out at world record pace. And then falling off of that. So, yeah. I mean, he runs 741. So he ends up, he yeah. ends up closer to third place than he did to first. I think what would have benefited Chalimo would have been if there was a second rabbit that instead of running 59s, because McSwain did go through 1600 in 355, 356. They were on pace. That was the first sign I knew this was trouble was the rabbit, McSwain, who's sub 730 guy was like dying at the end and chapter guy was a little bit off of him and i was just thinking these guys are the gas pedals to the floor and he still still has three laps to go i think it would have helped yeah chalimo maybe having someone run 61s would have been beneficial for him it wasn't really set up for his success maybe that was it was just a speed workout hey run the really really hard first 1200 and then go from there but it's not as if Cheptegei didn't run world record pace for the beginning. It's not like he just ran 7.33 pace the entire time. He started off at 7.20 pace, and that's the part where Chalimo was running with him. So that it had to have been very painful the last couple the last couple laps. So you see, uh, so Kyle Merber tweeted out, what do you think uh, Stuart McSwain was paid to pace uh, this 3K, 10K over under? Then Ryan Gregson, a former, uh, not former, a, a fellow Aussie, said he did yeah. it for free because they are mates. First of all, because they are mates is such an Aussie phrase to say. Gotta love it. You gotta love <laughs> yes. it when you get to no beef there. Hey, no beef there. They're not friends. They're mates. Gotta yeah. love that. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Chep the guy he should pay. He should get paid. Just say it. He should get paid. You went out there and ran a whole bunch of 50, 58 points. You should get paid for that. Well, they should at least give him like a dinner or something. Like maybe like a, 
a gift card to the Olive Garden, something like that. Maybe this is the beef. Maybe it's uh, you owe me some uh, some some dough for for pacing you through the first half of that three k. You know what they needed? They needed another pay like McSwain because he's seven twenty eight. McSwain could have been the guy to get him to lap maybe five and six or six. Now nah, six and a half would have been way too many, but. He could have been that that second guy who bridged the gap, but you, Cheptegei is getting to a point which all elite runners aspire aspire to be at, which is you run out of rabbits at a certain point. There physically aren't enough people inhabiting planet Earth who can run at your pace to to to, to pace you in these in these races. So you have to get better and better people. But the problem is, the better the people are, the less likely they are, even if they're mates. To pace you because they want to be running their own race. They want to be running their own time. You saw that's why I'm with Kipchoge. Literally, the breaking two and all that stuff with the cycling rabbits in and out had to be done because he's too fast for regular rabbits. He ran out of people. He ran out of personnel to use. But yeah, you should pay him. He should get paid. He should have gotten something for that effort. Effort that was that was he did a good job. He did his job. Anyway. Kiplimo, 26-33, number 12 time in history. Yeah. But the biggest story, he wasn't wearing the freaking spikes, which is great. Because then oh, Jacob Kiplimo. Now, yeah. people can't talk about it. Kiplimo, 26-33, no spikes. He did it with the good old technology of 2019. <laughs> and uh, was able Back to do something. Pre he did it in pre-pandemic shoes. What a, mm -hmm. what a feat. Who would have thought? He wasn't wearing a mask either. Crazy times. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kip Limo's twenty six thirty three? And how? What? What's your? Who's your top three now in the ten k? What's your Jeez. Olympic ten k top three? Like, what's Man, your order? Pharaoh's got to be nervous right now. Pharaoh's got to be very, very nervous. I, I think you got to put the two Ugandans one and two right now. I think you got to put. I'll I'll keep Cheptegei up there at number one. Uh, and then I'll have Kip Limo at, at number two. But I don't know. I mean, someone like Ronix Kiprotu in three. You got a solid Ethiopian contingent there as well, too. This is a hard race to medal in. And 26-33, I agree. It's fun when people don't do it in the spikes because you can just cross that off. It's just it's like, here's the list of things I have to talk about with this race. Oh, don't need to talk about the spikes. Yeah, it's they're solid, and we talked about his potential, right? And how he's half marathon world champion, and then he's he's a sub seven thirty three k runner as well too. The range is insane. It makes sense that he'd be great in the in the ten thousand. He's a metal favorite. We had a bunch of other uh, things that went down. Kind of run through them. Curly beat Gatlin oh, and yes. DeGrasse in nine ninety six. Shakari Richardson. One easily in a headwind. There's Curly. Put him on your screen. Look at him. The guy's a beast. Beats Gatlin and DeGrasse, 996. Then goes on to get second to Kenny B in the 200. Um, Carrie Richardson runs 2235 in a headwind. Wins easily. Max Bergen runs 144. There, I'm going too fast for Travis. We got we got some photos there. There's uh, Carrie Richardson. She did not like Ostrava, though. She did tweet out that she's never going to come back to Ostrava because she did not like the uh, city. Hold on, was... hold on. 
hold on. She what? didn't say. Oh, she didn't put Ostrava's name in it. You don't know what well, she was else talking about. Could have been anything. She just but, said, "What's the what's the tweet say? Let's analyze this tweet here." She she says, first and last time here, not impressed at all." You don't know where okay, she's at. Okay, she could click, have been at an Olive Garden. Okay, well, click she on could it. Have click been anywhere. On, if you click on the tweet, does it say where this tweet originated from? Yeah, but it could Twitter? have been in a. Click it could on have been a place within a city. It doesn't need to be the actual city. If you tweeted okay. first and last time here, not impressed at all, I wouldn't be like, man, Gordon Gordon doesn't like Terre Haute. He's never going to come back here for the cross-country championships. I was like, well, maybe he's talking about a Raising Cane's because they didn't have the nine different types of sauce that Gordon demands <laughs> whenever he goes to Raising Cane's. Like, there could have been any number of, of reasons here. First of all, this you— ge- This generation you, is very vague. This generation quickly, is not specific. You quickly had Terre Haute on your mind as a reference point for this type of— conversation i think that means something about what you truly think about Terre Haute. uh yeah she didn't like ostrava let's just be honest i'm not i'm not going that far but anyway i mean i i think for her the margin of victory was significant it wasn't a sub 22 but who cares like you're running in not good conditions and you beat shippers you beat okabare you beat kambuji which is solid um i want to talk about (laughs) it's funny we're gonna go back to this tweet uh (laughs) we're literally trying to debate about what she's talking about in Twitter, Travis, put the tweet back up. It's just half of y'all have no clue what I'm, what I tweet about most of the time. Yeah, the Kevin half have no clue. Gordon's half has the clue. No, no, no. no. Talking you, about you Strava. It, you haven't flipped around. You haven't flipped around. You're doing the simple explanation of Ostrava. I'm thinking there's something deeper there. I want to talk about Curly though. Listen, he's run 991 this year, but I think this 996 is more impressive because of who he beat. He beats Gatlin and he beats DeGrasse. Can we talk about the fact that a 400-meter man is beating two of the top five 100-meter runners in the world? That's significant. I think it is significant, but I also think the depth in the 100 isn't as strong. I think it's super top-heavy with Coleman, who's not running right now, and Bromel. And Lyles, who isn't really into, isn't going to be really good in the 100 until August. So there's just that big drop-off. So there's a lot easier for these superstar elite athletes and other events to be able to compete against the second tier of 100-meter runners in the world. And Curly sure. and Norman are two of them. And Curly now is taking advantage of it. Yeah. It's just it's just interesting to me that somebody could – We have we're living in the era of combo sprinters because you mentioned Norman. We've seen Benjamin run some really fast 100 times. <clears throat> Van Niekerk, obviously, is the other guy in that sub-10, sub-20, sub-44 club. Curly, though, missed on the sub-20. Kenny B runs 19-9. I think he's going to need to do it when he's fresh. I think doubling back is probably pretty tough. But you think he could do it, right, with 43 and 991 to his name. You think he could get that sub-20, and perhaps he'll join that that club soon. Great Britain, as you mentioned is rolling right now with the 800-meter runners, the teenage 800-meter runners with Bergen and Hodgkinson, 144 for Bergen and 158 for Hodgkinson. They're going to they're gonna send a pretty strong team. Mid-distance in Great Britain is really good right now, as we've talked about. Ad nauseum on the show as it pertains to the men's 1500, but also the eight, the women's races as well. Who would you take in a <clears throat> of two-by DMR mixed relay so america puts together a men's dmr and a women's dmr 
and they run okay. eight legs back to back in any order they want. So two two four hundred meter women, you know, two eight hundred mm-hmm. meter, uh, two a four and a four eight. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> A man and a woman, 400-meter runner. A man and a woman, 800. A man and a woman, 12. And a man and a woman, 16. British versus America. Who wins? Okay. So Great Britain would have Kerr. They'd have Whiteman. They'd have Giles. They'd have Bergen. Uh, they'd, they'd have Muir. Muir. They'd have Riki. They'd have Hodgkinson. There's someone else I'm probably missing. The U.S. would have Brazier. They'd have... Centro. Centro, they'd have Hawker they could use. They'd have Engels, or, they'd have Hopple. Hopple. Ooh. Women's and then Shelby. AJ Wilson. Let's just go a runner thingo. to runner. Yeah. I'd still take the U.S. I think it'd be close. Okay, yeah. But... So U.S. would win the 400 by what, a second? Yeah. Let's... Well, the 400 would be the big. That would be the one that has the biggest gap, but it's the one that matters the least. Yes. But it'll be what, a second or two seconds? You know what? We're really good in the four. Let's give ourselves two seconds. Yeah. Two and a half. So two and a half. But 800. I mean, they're a guy 144 and a 158. So yeah. what? We're going to do yeah. 143 and a 158, 157. So maybe give yeah. us one second in the 800. So we have a three and a half second lead. 1,200 yeah. starts getting a little iffy. And I think I think Britain will start taking advantage in the – in the twelve and the sixteen hundred, and I think, great, I think United Kingdom will yeah. win. Well, it depends how the anchor leg starts, right? Is it straight from the gun, or are we sitting and kicking here? Because if we're sitting and kicking, maybe the U.S. would have an edge. But if it goes straight from the gun, uh, GB will run really, really aggressively. I want to know, though, on this topic. Who would be your distance legs right now on a U.S. men's and U.S. women's DMR? Who runs the 8, the 12, and the 16? I think you would put – I think you put Brazier on the 12, Hopple on the 8, and uh, Centro on the 16. Okay. That's why I had two. That's why I had two. Women's side of things, you close with Shelby. Do you go Purrier in the 12? We saw her go sub two in the eight. Or do you go, do you try to figure out a way to get Mo and Ajay Wilson on that on that squad? You definitely don't put Mo in the 12. Well, yeah, I meant Mo in the eight and then Ajay in the Ajay in the 12. Do you stretch her up to the 12? I mean, I would put maybe Shelby in the 12 and put Superior in the 16 and then the 8 I would do Aji and then the 400 I'll put Mo okay yeah that's, you have an extra spot there yeah isn't it yeah it is It is crazy to be like yeah you just take that 800 runner and drop her to the 4 okay so you put yeah. Shelby in the Shelby in the 12 that's interesting she is Shelbo 800 on Twitter so yeah that's true she okay. has the speed Moving I mean on. why not right I think well, yeah, just because Purrier just recently ran under two, that's why it's it's fresher in my head right now yeah. that she's got that 800 speed. Shelby, with the her exploits in the longer stuff, you know, we're forgetting a little bit about her her short distance races. I, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with that team. And then, I guess team team GB, you put Kerr on the mile, 
And then I don't know, you stretch you you kinda wanna get Giles and Bergen both involved, but you also have Yeah. O'Hare, you also have Whiteman. You all, you have a lot of different options there. They're like the BYU of DMRs. You could do <laughs> eight of them and they'd be really good. That's true. Speaking of BYU, they uh qualified here we go, sixty nine different athletes or different entries for regionals. We'll talk about regionals later on in the pod. But uh And you're really trying BYU. to get the rating changed on this pod. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um Hey, it's a it's a Gen- it's a stat that they tweeted out. Genzebi Dababa DNF'd in the fifteen hundred. She's scheduled to race on Saturday in Anduhar. I think her track time might be coming to an end here. Uh, great in the half, sharing that sixty-five and the half, but I don't know what event she's going to have. We got the we got the gif here of her um, pulling off. Oh, wow, we got a red the red circle there. Good job, Travis. There. I mean, she's just dropped out of so many races recently, and it's tough to expect someone who's a half marathoner to hop into an elite fifteen and and be fine. She is the world record holder in that event. I would guess five and ten would be her path forward to the Olympics, but even that seems pretty tricky. And then we also have some really sad news. People tuned in uh, and saw Christian Taylor in the triple jump. He was attempting a jump and pulled up on the the runway and something immediately looked wrong because you just don't see um, Taylor, especially. I mean, I've you and I, we've watched hundreds of his jumps throughout his career. Very rarely has any sort of an issue. Turns out he ruptured his Achilles, Gordon. So he will be out for the season. Six gold medals in his career. So he's won six of the last seven global titles. Just horribly, horribly unfortunate uh, injury there. Wish him the best speedy recovery. Of course, he is uh, an institution in the in the sport. So hoping he he heals up. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, not thoughts and prayers because he didn't pass away, but like a lot of like best wishes and get well soon uh, moments uh, from around the the track and field community towards Christian. He is one of the all-time, he will be the all-time great, you know, horizontal jumper that America's ever seen. Uh, And uh, hopefully he's able to recover and be able to at least come back and be able to run, to be able to jump in Eugene in 2022 uh, with this whole pandemic, pushing all the championships back to back to back to back. You got to hope that this doesn't mean it's the end. Um, obviously he would have loved to have gone to Tokyo and, you know, represent USA at the Olympics because there's something about the Olympic games, but Hey man, like sometimes we don't know why things like this happen, but the best thing we can do is use the, the negative moments in our life and turn into something awesome. And I'm sure Christian will do just that uh, mm. as he recovers. So hopefully come back even stronger in 2022. Yeah. I mean, just you look at his career, it's in, incredible. And yeah, jumped over eight, 18 meters, had really good uh, cracks at, at the world record, has said that that's something he wants to get. But even putting the world record aside, just the amount of dominance, it's like how many people have won six out of seven? It's a in in you go back in history, right? How many people have had that level of winning over an extended period of time? It's um, 
It's tough. Also, uh, Funky Jam Dude in the chat says, rest in peace to Lee Evans, a uh, complete legend who who passed away. If you guys don't know uh, history of Lee Evans, uh, check that out. Um, do some Googling. Educate yourself on on his contributions uh, to the sport of, of track and field as well, too. Um, there's another meet that happened that I wanted to talk about, and this happened – when did we record last? We recorded on a Tuesday, right? Yeah. Is that right? When you talked to Kipchoge about running on a boat? Is that Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. That was Tuesday. Cool. All right. Uh, well, while that was happening, there was the USATF Open, which is out here in Texas. And the weather was horrible that day. I know you remembered it. Uh, but one Allison Felix made the best of the situation. Gets the win in the 400 there, Gordon. 50.88. Don't pay attention. Zoom in on those times, Travis. But zoom in. Or Alon, but don't zoom in because you're looking at the time, looking at the margin from from first to second there. I mean, just a a what half second gap there, a little less than half second um, from Felix to to Jessica Beard. Um, listen, things are going well for Allison Felix. I think if you planned out how how if she planned out how she wanted the season to go, she would be uh, right in line with with the most optimistic estimate. She keeps beating. I think expectations here. So I'm excited to see her now in a good weather 400 with even better competition that she got in, in Texas. But I think even you would admit at this point, she's going to make the final in the 400 th at the trials. So first of all, that tweet you see on the screen right now by Statman John, that tweet reads like a LeBron James tweet. Because they have like age 35. This is her 19th season as a pro. It's definitely like a, uh, whoa, you're doing it at such a, an old age. Um, I will concede that it is a good time. It shows promise. And she is <laughs> definitely better than – She is definitely better than I thought she would be at this moment because yeah. – But no I don't but. think – I'm still no, going but. to go with the take that I don't think sh she's going to be top three. At, okay. the, you at the Olympic trials. But you listen, dude, you said that she wouldn't make the team in the 400. You said, I mean, she's not going to make the final in the 400. That's what you said. I Is that what I'm saying? I I'm going on not make the – I'm not making no. the – Well, you said she was making the 200 team. I think she's going to do that too. No, uh, she's you not making the 200 team. You can, you can I'm change changing my opinion. take that she's not making an individual team. Okay. Well, she'll prove that one That's wrong. a fair take. Look. I was optimistic, especially relative to you on Felix's uh, – or I wasn't as optimistic. I was more optimistic than you, but this beats my expectation. I'll just say that too. I think most people did not see this this level coming from Allison Felix this year. Even the biggest fans perhaps did not see it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just – we're a month away, right? We're a month away from the trials. And yeah. she's just trending in the, in the right direction. And other people are going to have to show up at some point. I'm I'm starting to think the biggest resistance is going to come from the collegians. And there's a lot of good collegians. And we'll talk about them in a moment here. But uh, the like someone like Beard has run 50.3 this year in good conditions. She's one of the people that she has to beat. I don't think she's a favorite I don't think Beard's like a favorite to get top three, but she's someone who would be in that four, four through eight range now. 
I just think it's it's just any marker you put down. I think Felix has exceeded. Um, well, let's let's this year. let's look at the U.S. list right now. So bring up on the screen. Uh, you know, bring up that screen. So you got Mo, Little mm-hmm. Hayes. Who I now I'm on a big I'm a big Quinera Hayes fan now. Even though I under <laughs> underestimated her like two months yeah. ago. Irby, Ellis, Beard, then Felix. So Felix is seventh. Yeah. Right now. Basically, I mean, we still have yet to see Waylon Jonathan's run well. You have still to see Phyllis Francis run well. So there's like other big dogs out yeah. there who just haven't put down again a good time yet. Maybe it's there's a reason they haven't put down a good time. But but if you I look at know. the top, if you assume, which I'm assuming you're not, but there's a decent chance Mo doesn't run the 400 at the trials and then you just you well right but you just saw her beat beard so there's two people already in in front of her that that she beats that would move her up to fifth you're right jonathan francis those are the people that you're waiting on but we're running out of time we're running out of time and i'm not saying it's impossible if someone goes out tomorrow and runs a 49-2 you're gonna say well they're probably the trials favorite just because it's so far and away better than anybody else on that list but where where are they going to come from and again i think you have to give felix just a little bit of a boost with the experience i think that is going to matter especially in a year like this to get it right at the right time and and peaking at the right moment has been something she's thrived on throughout her career so even if she's in range i think she's going to do a little bit better uh than we thought uh michael cherry also won in uh in fort worth what did he run 44 37 yeah so he get, gets a gets a good win there steven gardner was looked to be ahead and then fell down and dnf'd at the end of that race um but a, a good win for michael cherry yeah michael cherry had a funny tweet before he went on to uh run fast you know oh, he well Bumped his head. Bumped his head. You know, they say (laughs) dropping a baby on its head is a bad thing, but in track and field, it could be a blessing in disguise and get you to run 44-37. I should have have been jumping off my bunk bed in high school in order to run faster. I think you might have been doing that before you came up with some of your responses on the show. Jasmine Camacho Quinn wins again. Uh, She's firmly in the medal picture. And... Ronnie Baker, Makai Briscoe win the hundreds. They were into three. They were in negative threes. The wind was the wind was blowing out there for all these races. Uh, this was not the ideal setup for fast times. It's funny if you look at this meet and pretend it was a distance meet. The focus of it all would be like standard, 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 standard. Who got the standard? And for distance, a lot of people or for sprints, a lot of people wouldn't know just because the wind was so bad that a lot of people didn't get the standard if that's why they went to to Fort Worth to w- run this race. Fortunately for us, the U.S. sprint scene is not reliant uh, as reliant on the standard as the as the distance runners. But you go into a negative three, you're going to have to go be moving. Talk a little NCA stuff. Yeah, we got about 20 minutes left. So let's close out with some NCAA declarations. First thing, um, big – Big, I thought I was kind of surprised with the declarations. So let's run through the first one. Uh, a thing Mo is running the mm-hmm. 400 instead of the 800. 
I think it's clearly she's been quoted saying like she's doing it for, you know, her herself. I think ultimately the real reason is she can break the collegiate record. And if you run the 800, you're out of 400 opportunities because now she's going to be given four more cracks at breaking the 400 meter uh, collegiate record. So I think that's why she's doing it. She's already broken the 800 meter collegiate record. Uh, she's clearly going to win the race. I mean, she's so much better than everyone else in the field. Um, I think the main question, though, is I hope this isn't it for her in the four. I hope she runs both the four and the eight at the trials. She says she's only run. She says she's running the eight hundred at the trials, but we we have to make a thing. Mo, I know you don't like people telling you what to do, but all I'm saying is run the four don't, and the eight. Don't listen when, to Gordon. Win Mo, both. Gordon. She can win both at the trials. Go for it. Run the four. It's first. Get it out of the way, making a at least a relay team, and then go win the eight after. Uh, Run the four and the eight. That's all I'm saying. We keep this okay. focus on NCAA's. And the thing, right, so Edwin Kerr don't got... listen to Gordon. Do not listen to Gordon. Ed... Edwin Kerr got Cole Hawker, Abdi Hamanur, and Blaze Farrow all scratched to five k. Kind of surprised Kerr got and Mance do it because it is the second event of their primary event, ten k. Kerr got is Iowa State and BYU both have like team point potential and they're kind of sacrificing their team chances by not doubling their best distance five ten guys um my love for the 5k well, got a little bit of hurt because we lose kurgot and mance but we do get cole hawker which is great cole hawker doing a 15 5k double it's about a two hour difference i think between the mm -hmm. 15 final and the 5k Final, Woo. we got to go right into that. What do you think of Cole Hawker's 15 5K double chances? The last one to really attempt this truly was Lowie Lelang, but it had I mean, a it's gonna, schedule, I think. It's going to be, yeah, we have the single gender each day schedule now. It's incredibly difficult to do. Uh, I think he'll be the favorite in the 15. I think it's going to be tough. You don't think he's the favorite in the 15? No, oh, sorry, sorry, Nagus, sorry, 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 co-favorite, co-favorite. I'm calling him the co-favorite. Co co okay, co sure. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, I think Nagus didn't scratch third. the 15. I thought Nagus no, scratched Nagus... the 15 for the 10k. No, okay. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, let me start that over again and say he, he's gonna have an easier time winning the 15 than the five. That's not breaking news, right? That's Correct. I think most yeah. people would agree with that. I look at this, and I know I told you just a second ago not to look at the trials, to just keep this specific to the NCAAs, but I look at this through the <laughs> lens of trials. Well, Mance not running the 5K, that's a trials play. That's a play yeah. of we think we can do well in the 10K at trials, and it's only a week away. We're just going to run the 10K. That's what that is. Kurgot, I don't get it. From that perspective, he could do both. Uh, he's... Uh, well, I don't. I don't know what's the process for the Kenyan trials. Do we? Does anybody know? Well, He's we can assume in, he yeah. he would not be in the mix for it. So basically, yeah. this would be it for him. So I don't understand it from a from a Kurgot perspective. Maybe um, banged up. So yeah, and from a Hawker perspective, it's going to be tough because from a Hawker perspective, you're going to double, and then a week later, you're going to go try. You we, we think at least you're going to go and try to make a team. So I was surprised. I was surprised. I thought they would each. Choose one, and then, and then split up that way. Um, because if anybody was gonna do just one event because of trials reasons, 
I think it would be Hawker because the nature of his event and just his youth, first time going through it. I guess I would have said Mo too. Mo would have been one where you're like, okay, it makes sense they only run one event. Everybody else, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, um, Tier scratches the fifteen hundred, um, but we kind of expected that. No steeple for Wesley Kip too, so no, no five uh, k, three k steeple, ten k triple. <laughs> Dang it! Come on, Wesley. My girl Abby Steiner, who did not run an SECs. She's entered in the 200, so she's given me hope once again to come back to be my Olympic trials qualifier. We'll see. I'm not Olympic trials. Olympic qualifier in the, uh, at the trials. We'll see how Steiner does if she's fully healthy. Yeah. Bring up the team battle, though. Travis, if you want to bring up the, the current team rankings, once you kind of account for Hawker doing the double – uh, the Iowa State guys kind of mixing up what they're doing. Oregon dropped down the third. LSU kind of gained a point. They're at 95 points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and USC moved up into second because on the, the backs of some of the fast sprinters you ran well at, Pac-12s. I'm surprised Oregon is doubling Hawker in the 15-5. I mean, they're, they're in nowhere in the category of where LSU is. They're 55 points back. So. Right. These extra six to ten points that Hawker's going to get in the five k isn't really going to move the needle. I agree. I thought it would be all in or all out, right? And if you're all in, that means yeah. you're doubling tier, and maybe tier has a different situation, right, with health, so it doesn't make sense to, to double them. But you'd think you'd if you're going to make the play, you make the play all the way in. Uh, yeah, maybe we won't end up seeing him on both start lines when it comes down to it maybe we'll only see him on one of the we have what six people of the your big eight though left in the 5k is that correct because we got hawker we got tier yeah let's bring up got... the current rankings for the for the 5k for the Travis, 5K, go yeah. to distance yeah because that's the only Bro. event we care about out of the, out no, of the 18 events not true you got hawker <laughs> we you go. got tier you got grahalva down a little more you got kip two my kip two pick already paying dividends because now two people aren't even running it uh, and then of so course, this is your tell them the order. Tell the order that I have ranked. Well, you have Grijalva, Tier, Hawker, Young, Kip, Two, Brant, Kemboy, Herrera. You took out Mance and you took out Kurgot. So this starts to look a little bit more winnable for some people than it did before, right? You eliminate some of the depth there, and then you have Mance number one in the 10k, Kip, Two second in the 10k, Nur, and then Edwin Kurgot fourth. I yeah, I'm just – I mean, I think it's going to end up being a – I mean, I want to say three-way battle, but I don't want to count out tier. I think that 1,500 is tough. And I know Cole Hawker's done insane things this year, but I think that will be on a whole other level of what he did indoors. That'll be a whole other level, obviously, of what he did at Pac-12s. When Did you see his kick in the 5,000? It was comically no, fast. Oh, yeah. It was like someone hit, you know, they always say he's running like you got the fast forward button. No, it clock was like if you hit skip, like skip forward 10 seconds. Like he just bounced across your screen, uh, past everybody else and won that 5K. It was a it was a comical burst with about 100 meters to go. But I just it's gonna be so tough after doing a 1500 against Nagus to come back and do the 5K. So I, I see the 5K as. Grijalva, Tier, and then as and then Young and Kip too, as well. I see. Four, I I think it's down to four people now. We've cut it from eight down to four. 
here's a question. If Cole Hawker goes out there and gets second to Nagoose in the 15 and comes back and gets, you know, loses to a, a couple people in the 5K, can you put an asterisk on his indoor performance then? No. Because no. won't people look at it differently? Wouldn't, wouldn't you look at it differently, though? Because you'd be like, oh, he won both of these races because there was no Grijalva. There was no Nagus. There was no... Fresh. He's still a freshman doing insane things. He's not a freshman. He's a sophomore. Let's be honest. Come on. Pandemic well, happened. He's not a freshman. He's a sophomore. Okay. Did First it happen, all. Gordon? Okay. Se- yeah. Second of all, uh, no, I, I don't know, man. With all the this person doubled and this person wasn't there and this person got injured and this person got DQ'd. There were more of those this year. There were more people who missed obviously because people just opted out for cross, but I I mean, that mile three K was insane. AB, AB tier, right? Yeah. But tier, like, does he pull like off- a stand it? Here's a stand in basically think- for everybody else. The way I see it. Right. The, like, no, it's not, he's not, no, he's not Tier's not a stand in. No, he's not. Grijalva, it's his teammate. I know, but t- there's a chance Tier indoors was better than Grijalva. There's a chance Tier indoors was better than Nagus in a 3K. He was on fire, ran 350 in the mile. So uh, by beating Tier, it's not like there was nobody in that race. There was potentially, those were potentially the top two guys, 3K indoors. Now, the depth was not the same, but those were potentially the top two guys indoors. So I'm, I'm just saying the entire time, time we were watching the indoor championships without the best 5K runner and without the best miler, and that was Nagus and Grijalva. And I said that way back before the indoor championships even started. And but why both is of those guys the best have kind 5K of 5K runner? Why is Grijalva what? the best 5K runner? He ran, why 13, have you decided to... he ran 13.17 in December. Okay, but PR smoking aren't... Cooper Tier, smoking Cooper Tier. No there's no medals for PRs. You you decided Grohova was the top guy. Put him on your rankings. It doesn't mean he was going to be the top guy indoors. It's not like he was head and shoulders yeah, above he everybody wa- else. Dude, you could do was- this game. You could do this game with a Thingmo in the 800 and say collegiate record holder, far and away the best person in the 800. She would have won the 800 if she was in it. You can't do that in the men's five. Grohova. The people are too close. We do not. We do not know. We will never know. Well, we we will know because when Grohova wins. The outdoor 5K, will you then concede you that Grijalva and the Goose are the two best miler and 5K runners? You can't go back runners? in time. You can't go – well, yes, th- yes, at this moment. But I'm not going to go back in time and say you, th- Hawker's championship meant less because those guys weren't there because he still would have been in – he still was in, in great shape there. I think Hawker I, – I think Hawker's obviously best chance here is in the 15 against the Goose, and I'm glad that event comes first because that's the matchup I want to see. I want to see Hawker – versus Nagoose more I mean I want to see both more than I would want to see him in the 5k do you agree yeah yeah Yeah, I would agree with that I just what Hawker did is great but like (laughs) don't say a but I don't I just don't think it happened I don't think that happens in a regular year that's all I'm saying listen because I agree with you that the chances I agree with you the chances would have been lower because you would have had more top quality guys there but there also is a chance that it could have been hawker one tier two grijalva three in the 3k 
Nagus for like you could have put those guys in and they could have been there and they could have added to the overall depth without being better than Hawker or Tier. That's all I'm saying. And it's not like those guys went through with a ho hum regular season. They ran 350 in the mile. They beat Wesley Kiptu in a 3K. They had accolades going in to the championships. Uh, Nagus and Grahalver are. You're going to roll your eyes at a 350 mile? Come on, man. Come on. Don't roll your eyes at a 350 mile. Uh, you kind of sometimes might need to when ev- when everyone and their mom is running fast. Hold on. So oh, the, oh percent- so the PRs a percentage don't thing. matter? The PRs don't matter now? So the 1317 from Grahalva doesn't matter anymore? I'm, I'm just saying Grahalva and Nagus are all undefeated in tracks since the pandemic started. How many races has, has Grahalva run since the pandemic? Three, four? What He's we- run one, two, three. Four, five. He's on five. Mm-hmm. Big Sky. No, he lost it. Big Sky 800. Well, there, 800's not That's not a real nope. race. It counts. Blow that up, Travis. Put it on oh, the come screen. Come on. No, those aren't. Those are Big Sky. He's just jogging. The only race he cared about was a 1500. Come on. Uh, you know maybe that's he should have jogged. Maybe he should have gone gone full tilt there. Man. The races where he actually was trying was the 1500 at Big Sky, the 5K at West Coast, the 1500 Mm -hmm. at Jim Click. Come on. There's a lot of caveats here. He's undefeated, but only in track in races that he's trying. Okay. I see you. Yeah. We didn't hold it again. Did we hold it against uh, Bryce Hopple when he lost in a 4x4 during his win streak? No, we didn't. It's not a relay. Did Bryce Hopple never lost, man? I think you're wrong. No, he lost in 4x4s. He lost in no, four by Kansas, fours. Kansas was undefeated. You must have been remembering it wrong. Um, listen, he's a great runner. I'm not saying he's not a great runner. I'm just saying the gap between him and it's not as obvious as you're making it sound. He definitely, he definitely, definitely can win this title, but it's going to be hard. There's not, he's not a clear number one here. All right. Just Apple lost in the four by four. We approve right here. Bring it up. I'm, cha- bring I'm it challenging up. the ruling. Bring I think it up. Anybody, bring it up. Here we go. There he goes. Boom. That's an L. Nobody's, nobody's actually seen Bryce Hopple lose a race in a Kansas jersey. Nobody ever saw that. You may have thought I saw you it. saw that. I saw it at the West Regional in the 4x4. You might have thought you saw it, but you were mistaken. That was somebody else. That was not Bryce Hopple. Right. He never lost at Kansas. What uh, Can we put up the can we put up the women's team rankings before we go so you can tell me about how those have shifted since the declarations? Trying to see uh, Travis find his different tabs. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so on the women's side, it kind of the, – the big teams stayed together, but there's a little bit of movement. Like Texas A&M dropped to second. LSU now in the driver's seat. Uh, there's just so many more teams involved on the women's side than on the men's side, obviously. Because, like, you can podium – like, text, like think about this. The Texas women – I have scoring 44 points, but finishing sixth. On the men's side, the Texas men, I have them scoring 37 points and finishing fourth. Mm. So there's a lot more uh, of like the big six to eight on the women's Mm. side that are going to score a lot more of the points. It's going to be like a conference meet where they're going to have like a bunch of teams in the 40s to 60s to kind of see who wins. There's not like that big drop off between Oregon and LSU or whatever. Uh, Barrena yeah. LSU's in the driver's seat with 63, AM 61, Georgia 52, Alabama 51. 
Okay. I can almost guarantee that this won't be the order because of they're all racing each other in multiple events. It's just bound to flip upside down. Is there a way LSU combined men and women can get to 200 points? No, no, no. That would require both of them scoring over 100. I don't think the LSU women have another 40 somewhere. No, I'm thinking LSU men. LSU men get a really great day and get to like 115, 120. (laughs) And then LSU women get to 80. I mean, I know you're running out of points at that point. I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah, this is a tight tight matchup. This will be fun. This will this will be a fun one. Um, Oh, before we go, the Diamond League uh, in Gateshead is this weekend. There's two races I wanted to talk about real briefly. Women's 100, Fraser Price, Asher Smith, and Shakira Richardson. And then the men's 1500, Jakob Ingebrigtsen making his outdoor debut, Stuart McSwain, and then Oliver Hoare. So those, those should be fun. Women's 100 is great. I don't think we should take this matchup for granted. We have three of the top four women in the world right now all squaring off in one race that is sensational it's going to be awesome i hope the weather cooperates even if it doesn't cooperate i expect to see another 10-7 from shakari richardson because the wind really does not matter when she runs and i'm i'm curious to see where fraser price is at now you have to think her whole focus like she'll come on late she's had races was it 2019 she ran that that run they did that run at pre where she finished almost dead last or dead last i think and then people are like well, what's going on with her and then right of the ship very quickly and, and became a threat. Asher Smith as well, too. Uh, be fun to see her. That men's 15, when you have Britson's aggressive racing style and then you have Oliver Hoare's aggressive racing style, it kind of reminds me of the, so the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what we're going to see. But I want to see Hoare. I hope he does the same strategy. I hope he runs the same play here and doesn't back off at all and goes out aggressive and then just tries to grind it down. It's going to be tough to do that against McSwain and Ingebrigtsen, but I, I, I would like to see him try that stra- same strategy. I think this is going to be the moment where people are going to realize that the reason the likes of Josh Kerr and Alvar Hoare look so good right now is because they're racing Americans and Americans decide to run 337s, and when you run a 333, you look like a god among men. Um, going to this next level to go up against Jacob and you know, eventually the Timothy Chariots and all those other, other guys, like a Monaco 1500, it's going to really kind of see – it's going to be that true litmus test to see, is Oliver Hoare great or is he elite, right? An elite means he can hang with these guys who are – pretty much going to be the medalist at the Olympic Games. And so what I want to see from Hoare is I want to see him be able to – it's not about hanging. It's going to be about – I want to see him in the mix with like 200 meters to go. Mm -hmm. It's okay if Ingebrigtsen pulls away. It's like, okay, that makes sense. But if he's in the mix with 200 meters to go and kind of falls off in that final 50 and finishes like a second second and a half back – then they're going to be like, all right, he's in that conversation. Um, but right now, we don't know Hor's ability at the international level until we see him race with these guys. And yeah, because right now, I think Hor, if I had to like 
I think Hoare is a 10 to 5 guy internationally, at, at, like at Olympic Games. Finished 10th to 5th. That's where he is. The question is, can he become a, oh, I'm a 6th to 2nd guy, where I can finish like flirting with a medal, right? And I don't think mm -hmm. he's there yet, but maybe this race will be a data point that kind of says, oh, he's more of like I can finish 6th, 5th, 4th at the Olympics as opposed to 6th, 7th, 8th. I like how you turn everything into a referendum on U.S. men's 1,500-meter run. Oh, got it. It doesn't, got it. it doesn't matter what the question is. I could be asking you about Ben Simmons' jump shot, and you'd be like, listen, Ben was three for four from 16 feet and beyond, and that just shows how weak the U.S. men are in the 1,500. It's just incredible. It's just not, there's no American men in this race, and you're talking about the American men. I think – Inga Britson and McSwain are going to love racing against Hoare because he's the guy who can bridge the gap during that third lap slowdown and help get them to a fast time. Don't know what type of shape those guys are in, but you know that Hoare is in 332 shape. And if he decides to run aggressively in that section of the race, in the same way Laura Mir does this, Safan Hassan used to do this, right? She's the one like in, in some of those Dababa glory races. She was the one who would keep the pace going but would stay in. We saw it. In that 20, was it 2018 uh, 5K that was crazy at the end of the year when Kajelka kind of played that role. Basically, someone who's in the race but is racing aggressively, the top people, I think, really enjoy that person being in there. I did like the, the range that you put Hor in. And I would say he's in the, right now, I think he's in the 3 to 12 range. So I'd, I'd make it a little bit wider at both ends. I put Josh Kerr in that same range, 3 to 12. Well, because you got two guys. You got Sherry, you got Ingebrigtsen. And then it's wide open. Like Marcin Lewandowski was the bronze medalist in Doha. It's true. Now I know you love I know you love Marcin because you rode on the Metro with them back in the day. But Kerr can beat him. That's a good point. Hor yeah. Hor can beat him. Third you know, spot is open. Yeah. Yeah. The third the third spot is open. But also you could have a bad race and finish twelfth, right? Yeah. I think Centro I think Centrowitz is in the three to twelve range right now as well too i think there's there's two guys that have separated themselves um so bronze is bronze is definitely up for grabs and then you don't know there could be an injury there could be a fall there could be a dq anything can happen you could move even farther up so that's uh that's this weekend that'll be exciting uh we'll talk about that on monday uh anything else before we go we have other things we can talk about we'll probably talk about uh one of them next week galen rupp he's running the 10k at Portland Track Festival. So mm -hmm. we can kind of debate what we think he's going to do in that. Is this is he trying to make the Olympic team in the 10K? I don't know. What? what? I mean, I don't think that's what's happening. But um, we can uh, – here's, here's my prediction. Discuss... We'll do a workout after. That's my prediction. Yeah. Yeah, we'll discuss uh, Galen Rupp sighting in Portland. Um, and just general news, Colin Quigley, who left Bowerman Track Club, she announced that she signed with Lululemon. She got paid. So she got paid. What she says, Lululemon. She got a lot more than she got paid for Nike, is what she said. So really, congrats to her. Yeah, there were some details. I don't think she put in uh, a specific. I make this amount of money, but she said she got paid considerably more than she did with Nike. Yeah, so she put up this Instagram post. We'll put up on the screen, Elon, so you can see 
Colin Quigley, Lululemon. Uh, I mean, you're starting to see more of this, right? You're starting to see mm. more non-typical Adidas, Nike, Puma, like Hoka-type sponsorships. You see with Athleta, with Allison Felix. Now I'm seeing mm. Lululemon here with Colin Quigley. I think with the rise of kind of like influencer culture and the ability for um, these stars, athletes, being able to not just be foot models, but be more than just, hey, I wear your shoes. Um, mm. I think we might see a lot more people in the running world have non-traditional deals. Um, and yes, you're always going to have the like, hey, I get noon energy drink sponsorship or like those small like energy bar stuff. But I think we might see a, a lot more like major apparel brands that aren't in the truly in the running category, uh, mm. which is good. More more people's ability to get paid to run. So got to love it. Also adding in there is the shoe issue, right? That That has to play some role in this as well too of people wanting to wear the best possible footwear as well. And if you have a sponsor that does not sell shoes, shoe. you can Whatever. wear whichever shoe you want. you want. Because listen, right now, everybody's saying Nike, Nike, Nike. Next year, it might be a different brand that has the shoe that everybody wants. And if you're in a fixed contract where you can't wear whatever shoe you want, then you could say, hey, that's going to put me at a disadvantage. So I think that's a good point about the whole idea of influencer culture and these these other brands getting involved. But at this current moment, too, I think the shoe the shoe thing, um, I mean, I, it's not a deciding factor because money is money and everybody wants contract and they want a financial st uh, stability. But I think it's part of the equation here to have the, the freedom and the ability to wear whatever shoe um, you feel most comfortable with because i know that's a an issue right now right with a lot of different companies a lot of different brands yeah well i want to see are we gonna see like a, a levi jeans sponsorship or someone is running a a 10k and a pair of jorts that'd be pretty cool <laughs> goodness yeah i mean the possibilities are are endless. endless i mean i guess i guess if you think um when you just say Hey, to sponsor me, all you need to do is wear, make apparel versus you need to make a very specialized spike for my event. It lowers the barrier of entry of how many companies could do that. Now, I guess you could just say any company could do it and slap a logo on any generic um, kit, but you'd think, okay, uh, you want something with some sort of natural tie-in. You know, jorts, jorts may not do it, right? Because may not get you all the way there. Um, I mean, what... What you need is like a way, a big way would be like, imagine if like Elon Musk just happened to be like a huge track fan, he would mm -hmm. definitely be like, oh, Tesla sponsorships, you know, just put a yeah. T on a, on a white t-shirt mm -hmm. and there you go. You can wear whatever shoes you want. I think he might do that because not enough people know about Tesla that he needs them to be exposed to the track world. Nobody in the track world has ever heard of this obscure car. All right, we'll leave it there. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to Travis for producing. Remember, subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Flow Track YouTube channel. 
Flowcheck Podcast on Twitter. Send us an email, flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll be back on Monday.